My daughter Rachel is extraordinary for so many reasons, but most of all I believe what makes her extraordinary is that she doesn't let challenges stop her. This was probably most evident after having her fourth baby, sweet little Riley, who has Down syndrome. It was very scary in the beginning, but she made the decision to do whatever it took to make sure he had everything he needed to be able to grow and thrive without sacrificing the needs of her other three kids. Riley is four years old now and is such a blessing to everyone and is growing into a strong, independent little boy. Rachel has has a great sensitivity for helping people that are struggling, and I believe the challenges she has gone through has made her into an extraordinarily kind and generous person to those in need. I am so blessed to be able to call her my daughter. Welcome to the Lipstick Network, where we see, celebrate, and love extraordinary women. Today, we have the distinct pleasure of hearing from an extraordinary woman, seeing her celebrating and loving on my cousin, Rachel. She is a mother of four, a homeschool mom. She keeps her husband in line. He's a doll, but, you know, men. And today, we're celebrating Down syndrome, the American Disability Act. We're celebrating her little boy, her baby boy, Riley, a young man who is differently abled, That's something we learned today. I asked, is special needs appropriate? And she, you know, gave me a couple options. And differently abled, I'm down with. We talk about ADA compliance in buildings. We talk about what that act has done for children in public schools, the resources available to to them, how families are made aware, at least in the state of Florida, of resources available for their child that may have Down, or that does have Down syndrome. You know, one poignant quote from Rachel was, I was ecstatic and got to explore all of the exciting options that life for Riley would look like because I knew he was going to live. And I don't know about y'all, but that glass half full attitude, yeah, I need to take a deep, deep drink of that right now. We learn about her three older children and how their empathy, their focus, and their compassion for him, what a skill set they're going to have in their life because of this differently abled, extraordinary young man. She brags about her little boy, Riley. What a reminder of joy and gratitude he is, that he's a little cheeky and likes to like play games on his older siblings and his mother by like scooting around and then closing doors and playing a little hide-and-seek and everyone freaks out. We talk about her faith walk. You know, what was it like when she got his diagnosis? What did that, what has she had to mourn? She shares running around naked in the country is something she's going to have to, you know, maybe put a pin in. This is a woman who day in, day out, loves her family fiercely as best she can, imperfectly. Um, But she's here for it. And hopefully this interview this opportunity to see celebrate and love on this extraordinary woman just lightens your heart 
encourages you. Maybe this can be a resource for someone in your life whose child has Down syndrome. Maybe you have someone in your family with Down syndrome and don't really know how to talk about it or don't know the resources available or don't really need kind of a reframe of what they are able to do. You know, Rachel makes it very clear, like these are contributing members of society and it might look a little different, but let's empower them. Let's tool ourselves so that their life can be just as full and beautiful as ours, right? Like we've all got a purpose. Everybody's got a plan. God's got a plan for everybody. And we just need to, you know, sometimes make ourselves better so that everybody has an opportunity to be their full selves and excel. So we learn a little bit about the University of Central Florida, which is a university here in Florida, obviously, Central Florida, that actually has an entire program for kids with special needs where they graduate, where they work, where they live on their own, not available to children with Down syndrome. She gives us our, her biggest piece of advice and it may or may not have a little commentary about the comparison culture that we, uh, I think we all need to be aware of and just stop comparing our kids to their siblings or to our friends' kids. Um, there's just some deep wisdom in this woman that I've known my whole life. And it comes in this little teeny five-foot package who loves and serves and is organized, God love her, who was doing homeschool before any of us even thought about that. So stay tuned at the end of the episode if you want a little inside in the hybrid homeschool model. Still over my head, I can't. Rach, I hope you enjoyed your mom loving on you, celebrating you, because you are extraordinary. And then for really last... I'm going to link a nonprofit in the show notes. If you want to donate to this nonprofit that's serving families and meeting kids' needs with Down syndrome, please go donate. Pass it on. It might be a resource to somebody that's in need of it. You know, we all need to do our part to make the world a little bit better, and I hope that this conversation brings a little light to your day. I feel good Friday, right? Um, And blesses your heart. So here we go. Okay, Uh, so it is super late and I know you probably need to get your children. So let's get this party started. Hello, my cousin, Rachel. How are you? Welcome to the Lipstick Network. I am fabulous. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Well, it's crazy because actually you have literally been on my list for months of, Mm -hmm. of like people that I want to interview because I have this whole segment where moms, Mm -hmm. women, because you know, the lipstick network, we want to see, celebrate and love extraordinary women. And you, my Mm -hmm. love as a stay at home mom who, uh, homeschools your four children before the Rona and before, you know, everyone was like, Oh, maybe I can homeschool. You were doing that. (laughs) And so I just, I wanted to celebrate you. And I was listening to pantsuit politics on Friday, which I sent to you. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about the five things you need to know about the American Disability Act because it's coming up on its 30th uh, anniversary, like anniversary, right this week, I think. And so mm-hmm. I just thought I was like, you know what? I need to talk to Rachel because, you know, your youngest son, Riley, has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. 
I mm-hmm. wanted to, it's kind of crazy because when you were pregnant with him, you told me that he had some like heart issues and you know, mm-hmm. all that. And I was like, okay. And I just felt so ignorant and naive and I had no idea. And you know, and now he's three, right? Yep. Yeah. He okay. Three. He's three. You guys just celebrated that recently. And mm-hmm. I wanted to learn about, you know, as a, as a homeschool mom, I know that there's uh, infrastructure you have, you have three um, older children and they're amazing and they're super helpful. Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn a little bit about Riley. Is it okay if we use his name? Can we say his Absolutely. name? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to learn a little bit about Riley, his journey, his, uh, your hopes for him, how you, um, some of the things that you have found, I want this to be a tool for other moms who might have children with Down syndrome or kids with special mm-hmm. needs and mm-hmm. really to just love on you and then also take the loving on you and, and pay it forward. So, um, yeah. So tell us a little bit now, when you were pregnant with Riley, when did you find out that there, did you have genetic testing? How did all of that? Tell me a little bit about your story with Riley. Well, with Riley, we found out, um, at our 12 week appointment, I went in for my standard, normal 12 week ultrasound and my OB who has been my OB for all of my pregnancies. He just very calmly said, you know, there was some, you know, because Riley did not sit still for any of his ultrasounds. He was a wiggly little uh, crazy kid the entire time. So he wasn't sitting still. It's like we weren't able to get some good imaging, but there's um, something that looks different that I know the radiographer that read or the radiologist that reads the x-rays will want you to get re redone. So we go to Winnie Palmer Hospital and I get extra imaging while I was there. So, you know, fourth baby, I am not, I'm not one to think the worst of things. So I'm just thinking, okay, he was being super wiggly. So they just need some more detailed imaging. We need to go to the big, exciting hospital to get it done. Fine. So we're getting it done. And the nurse is, she just got this blank look on her face. And I'm like, okay. She's like, yeah, we're doing good. We're doing good. And the doctor comes in and lays out. Basically, there's three possibilities that it could have been. It could have been trisomy 21, which is Down syndrome, trisomy 18, and trisomy 13. I don't know their actual like names that they're called, but those two conditions are not compatible with life. So the baby would die shortly after they were born. So, And I'm there by myself because Matt was home with our other three children because I'm not thinking anything is going to happen at this, uh, this ultrasound. So we go and I'm just in total shock. And so we did blood work. We didn't do the amniotic testing because the risk was just too high in my mind uh, for me. And so, you know, we just did the blood work. And when the blood work came back, it said that there was a 99.9% chance that he would have Down syndrome. And personally, I was relieved because that means my baby's going to live. (laughs) So I was just ecstatic that it was something that we could work with and I was not going to have to deal with tragedy after he was born. So like my journey was a little bit different because I was told, Hey, he could possibly die after he was born. And then I was told, you know what? He's not going to die. He's going to live. And then I got to explore all the exciting options of what that life for him was going to mean. So we knew very early on, which was helpful because I'm a planner and I like to know what's, what I'm going to, you know, what life might look like. And 
it's different for everybody, but it was good to prepare, to prepare me ahead of time and for Matt to prepare ahead of time just to know what was going on. So that was, that was very helpful for us. I love that you, I mean, just for me, just like your cup half full, right? You know, your glass <laughs> half full, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so when you were thinking about, you know, as Riley's in a little baby growing in your belly, you know, mm-hmm. what, what, what did that future look like for, like, what did you, what, how did you tool yourself? What did you learn about? I want to, you know, if moms are find out <clears> that their, their baby might have dental, like, what do they do? Where do they go first? Uh, my first, the first place I went was for us, the Down Syndrome Association of Central Florida, which does encompass parts of Tampa, um, and just all, all over the, you know, it's the biggest one in the state, actually. The one in Orlando is the biggest one in the state. And I want to say the biggest one in the Southeast. Okay. Um, so I just started researching the different resources that I had available and found out about the early steps program that Central Florida has. And I think it might be statewide. I'm not hundred percent positive about that, but basically that program, he was going to be able to get his speech therapy, occupational therapy, physical therapy, everything was covered. So I wouldn't, we didn't have to worry about like covering all the bills for all of that. Um, so we knew all of that was going to get taken care of. I researched the, the play groups, which quite frankly, for with three older ones are very hard to get to when you've got three other kids, especially when you homeschool. Yeah. So we have not been as diligent about going to those kinds of things, but I just started looking at all of that. And there really are so many resources available. Um, UCF, a university of central Florida, um, we're not too far from them. They have an entire program for students with, um, with special needs where they live on campus, they have jobs, they attend classes, they end up with a degree when they're done. So there's fantastic, amazing resources in our area. And honestly, it's all because of the American Disabilities Act 30 years ago, where people like, you know what, these are my rights, my rights. Exactly. It's like, these are human beings. These are people who are able to function in society and can be contributing members of society. We may have to adjust things so that they can be contributing members in a way that is comfortable for them. Mm. But we get so much from, you know, we get so much joy and so much pleasure from Riley. He's just the sweetest, cutest, most just lovable little human being. And everywhere we go, you can't not smile when you see him and he reaches his little hands up to give everybody bumps and he does the bumps and he does the cute little explosion afterwards <laughs> and he smiles and lights up the room. Mm. And we actually, we do send him, I homeschool my older three, but I do send him to public school because they just have so many resources that I just don't have at home. Yeah. And I am a trained educator. I was a teacher by trade before I had kids, but I was not a special education teacher. So they, you know, I'm sending him to the people that I know will love on him and his teachers are fabulous. They're fantastic. And she sends me pictures all throughout the day. So, and you know, I just, the local public schools are just really great in our area and they just love on, love on our kids so well. So it's, it's awesome. You know, it's so interesting. I was listening to that podcast and, and, uh, it was through the ADA that, that public school actually had to make, make space for kids with special needs. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, and, you know, I need to ask you a question because this again is using special needs appropriate or is it a, 
disability. So this 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 podcast argue, you know, like, oh, we're like special. Actually, no, this is this is something we have to overcome and it needs to be right. like call it what it is. And yeah. because of there are obstacles and it was talking mm-hmm. about voting and, and people with disabilities, what they have to overcome. You know, I think about mm-hmm. Riley when it's time for him to vote. Like what is yeah. his journey going to be like? Like how is he right. going to educate himself about the issues? How is he yep. going to decide what is is for him and where what's his value mm-hmm. system? And yeah. then like physically, mm-hmm. you know, how do you check in and 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 how do you give your ID? Like all of these sorts of things I'm thinking about him, you know, 15 years down the road, what is that going to look like? I mean, you're going to be there, but you know, yeah. just as a person with is it disability? Is it special? Can you like, I want to use the right words and I'm <laughs> fumbling. It, you know, it, he does have need. you know, he does have needs that are different than a neurotypical child. Neurotypical. So yeah. So, you know, they are special. So they, you know, don't say like normal, they don't say normal kids or yeah. different, you know, he is a normal kid. Trust me, he is a perfectly normal three-year-old with a three-year-old <laughs> attitude to go along with it. <laughs> yep, I'm there too. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Drama. Um, but another term that pe- people will also use is just differently abled. Huh. Um, so you're not disabled, but he's just differently abled. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's good. That's differently abled. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, talk about our differently abled children, not our disabled children, our <clears throat> different are abled. Mm-hmm. I love that. So at three, Riley, and you guys recently got him a stander, right? Like it's a, yeah. D- can he walk? Is he talk? Like what? Talk to me a little bit about, I know things that might be a little delayed. Is it different mm-hmm. for every child with Down syndrome? How does, it is how does all that work? It is completely, it's just like any other, any other kid, like they all develop differently. I had a friend whose kid started walking at nine months with the exception of Riley. None of my kids walked until they were at least 15 months old. And uh, so it's just like that where it, you know, they say take typical development and double it. And for him, that's been pretty accurate because most of my kids walked late. So he's three and he's not quite walking yet, but he will like he can hold onto your hands and he'll walk with he's if he's holding on to something and he's almost to the point where he can stand up without holding on to something. Which is really <gasps> oh, that's so, so cool. He is all over the room. He's a speed demon and he disappears in the blink of an eye. And his favorite thing is finding a excuse me, finding a door that we've left open and closing it behind him. Then everyone's like, where'd Riley go? He was just here. So everyone <laughs> frantically searches the house. And today we found him playing in the toilet. So that was fun. <laughs> oh, okay. So like, there must be a thing about boys and toilets because my neighbor friend, she has a little boy who just turned two and he loves to go and play in the toilet. And I'm just like, I'm so grateful I have girls because uh-huh. that has not yet not yet, knock on wood, been an issue yeah. for me. But that is hilarious. So he obviously has a sense of humor. He oh, obviously oh, yeah. uh, knows what he's doing and is like mm-hmm. a little, He's he sounds kind of cheeky to me. He's incredibly cheeky. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he has to keep up with Emily because she True. is no joke. Oh my goodness. That, yeah, no, no. She is his favorite though. He loves her. Like he'll go to her before he'll go to me sometimes. <laughs> and it's the cutest. Oh, I so, love that so much. And she she adores him. So it's just I think that's what I've loved the most is watching 
the older three interact with him. And Bradley, the past, I want to be at a set the past six months, Bradley, who's my five-year-old, um, he and Riley have just really been playing a lot together because Riley's now playing back and yeah. he'll throw the ball and he'll push the ball and he'll stack the blocks and you know, Bradley's all into it and loving it. And you know, if Riley cries. Bradley goes over and he'll sing, you are my sunshine to him to get him to stop crying. So, and it's just like the most heartwarming thing you've ever seen. And I just love watching my older three with him and the world could take note from how they interact with each other to how we need to treat people that are differently able than us. So I, that's that's actually, that was going to be my next question. You know, you've got three older kids and you know, Riley is not just going to change their lives, but when they interact in the world, how much more Mm -hmm. compassionate and empathetic and like, can you talk to me a little bit about your older, older kids and how you've seen them grow or change or what, what does that all look like? Like what is, yeah. What's that dynamic? It's, um, things are right now, like to them, Riley is just any other sibling and things aren't a whole lot different now, but I do see them. They get protective of him if he's upset. And I do see my oldest Zachary specifically, he he's 10. His patience is like nothing basically. And his attention span is nothing. But when he sits with Riley, he has more patience and he has like, he'll focus on what he needs. So, you know, I think it's, it'll just be really good for them to learn, you know, empathy and like you said, compassion for other people that may need something a little bit more than they do. Yeah. So now, so Riley will be in school and, you know, public school just, so does he go from grade to grade? Like what does like kindergarten, how does that, how does that, I mean, I know he's only three, but like, how does, how does that structure look like? And, and so like, you know, going to UCF, like what does the, what does the future look like? I have not researched much past elementary school. So at the moment, um, he's in a, an ESE class. Um, and I should be able to tell you what those letters stand for, but my mind is blank at the moment. It's not a clock on a Sunday. Um, I got you. With, uh, like secondary or um, exceptional something. It's not just for kids that have developmental delays. It's also uh, a gifted program as well. So like the ESE is all encompassing for all of that, basically. Okay. Um, so he's in that program and he's in a classroom with other um, kids for him that have developmental delays right now. There's only a few of them uh, because of crazy pandemicness, and not everyone has sent their kids into face-to-face school yet, which, you know, I totally understand. Um, but he, he is in only three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and he goes in, he gets all of his therapies there and he'll be in that program at least for the next two years. And it might be one extra year. I'm not sure. Like, well, they'll do, they'll assess him and we'll reevaluate his IEP to see if he's ready for kindergarten. Uh, but then once he's in kindergarten, he'll, you know, be in a typical classroom and there'll be inclusion and he'll probably have like breakout sessions where he gets his physical therapy and gets, you know, all occupational therapy, speech therapy. He may not need physical therapy at that point, but probably speech and OT. Okay. Uh, specifically is what he'll get. So the intention is that he'll, you know, continue on until he graduates. So we'll see how that looks. That's all part of the journey. And 
I am just taking it one step at a time. And my biggest advice to most people would be don't build something up in your mind and don't have any specific set of expectations because it might, it's going to look different for everybody. And do not, for the love of everything holy, do not compare your kid to somebody else's kid. That is just a recipe for disappointment and disaster. Disappointment for yourself, disappointment in your child. Just take where they are, love them where they are, and help them where they are. Get to the next step where they need to be, and they'll get there when they're ready. So, I love that. It was um, that something, you know, I... I guess I, right now I have two neurotypical kids. I'm sure they'll have their own obstacles and challenges and all that kind of stuff. Yay for me, you know, but it is one of those things that, you know, culture just really wants us to compare and really wants us. And and I don't know what the standard is, Rach. Like I'm like trying to figure out, you know, I just want my girls to be who they are and who Mm -hmm. God's called them to be. And that they're fulfilled and happy and putting love and light into the world. And that Mm -hmm. just doesn't seem to be enough. You know, I I I feel like with Riley, he's going to be able to be just this beautiful reminder of what joy looks like and what gratitude Mm -hmm. looks like. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I wanted to ask you, because you're such a woman of faith, like, how was that, you know, when you found out that Riley was, you know, 99.9% going to have Down syndrome, mm-hmm. like how did you, how did you feel? Did you, I mean, one, praise God, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to yeah. pass. Right. And is that where you were? I mean, is there, how have you really been able to, um, I get it, gla- glass half full, you know, I'm mm-hmm. optimism, gratitude, all of that. But like, what is your... What is your prayer for yourself and what is your prayer for your son? And like, what does that faith walk look like when just days are crappy? Yeah, I, and there are some days where, you know, I'm where I just think, you know, life would be a lot easier if he was walking and I didn't have to have a stroller everywhere I went. And if he could climb in and out of the car on his own, and if he could just hold hands with his older siblings to walk places. So I definitely go through you know, all of those thought processes on, you know, a weekly basis. And when we first found out, you know, there was a mourning period where, you know, I mourned the idea that I did have built up in my head of having a neurotypical kid and what life would have looked like. And, you know, having all of my kids move out and being an empty nester. (laughs) Running around naked in the country. (laughs) Exactly. So, and, you know, and then, you know, so I did, you know, I definitely had those moments. And so now when I picture the future, most pictures of the future have Riley in them in some form, but we're, you know, we're a close family and I do see his siblings stepping in and helping out and being a big part of his life. Um, You're growing up and it's comforting to me to know that, you know, when we get older, when something happens to us, that he's got three older siblings that will be there to take care of him a hundred percent. So that's encouraging for me. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Now in your, in your process, and and I want to look at like policies and in these, so the ADA is amazing. It's, you know, Mm -hmm. praise God for it. Where things in your life you thought like, Hey man, I really wish I had support here. 
has there Mm -hmm. been anything like that? Or, Hey, you know, did you know, I actually didn't know this. Did you know that churches are exempt from, uh, the ADA? No. So they actually, I'm so disappointed. They actually lobbied to be exempt from the ADA. That is surprising. I know. That's like, like, why would you not want to go out of your way to make accommodations for people? Why would you not want to be be Jesus to people? I don't know. I feel like culture could, I feel like that's a big question right now. (laughs) Yeah. That is surprising to me because I know the church that we attend, they are 100% ADA compliant. Amazing. And um, we've been actively working on developing a special needs ministry and just, uh, I was working on that right before the pandemic hit and everything kind of came to a screeching halt, unfortunately. Um, but like that is, isn't that nuts? <laughs> that makes me sad. <laughs> makes me really. really sad. And I was like, okay, I was like, I got to dig in deep, but I'm, part of me is like, I don't really care what the excuse is, you know, like. Love your neighbor as yourself. That's what right. Jesus said. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm. I'm the only. The only thing I could think of is that maybe some of these old church buildings that have been around for hundreds of years, and maybe it would cost too much to put the wheelchair ramps in. I don't know, but so that's a different church. exemption. If it's that's, historic yeah. and they can't, they can't right. retrofit it. That's that's okay. But it's the isn't that nuts? Yeah, no, I I totally agree. Yeah, yeah, we no, love I'm, Jesus, and Jesus would be like, mm-hmm, "Better get a ramp." Seriously, like it's curb cuts and it's ramps. How hard is it to put those things in and larger stalls in the bathrooms and wider hallways and wider doorways? Like that's you we know. just we need to. I feel like there needs to be like a woman bill where all stalls can hold three children because <gasps> do you know what I mean. Like whether whether in a wheelchair or a standard, or you just have four yeah. kids and you just need them uh-huh. all to be in the potty together. There needs to uh-huh. be a thing. So let's work on that. I agree. <laughs> Family bathrooms are our friends. Most places right? we go. Yeah. <laughs> now, so to that end, is there anything in in your experience thus far that with healthcare or with um, is have you seen anything where like, hey, I- I'm actually wondering about kids who are you know, in a really low socioeconomic bracket, yeah. you know, having access, I know that it's free, like early steps and all of that. I, I yeah. know, but do, do parents that aren't educated and educators and, and, you know, for certain set, do you, do you know if they have, they know about these programs? Um, I do know that when, um, like they came to me in the hospital, so I did not have to personally sign him up. When we got our diagnosis, when he was only, when I was only 12 weeks pregnant with him, they um, contacted the Down Syndrome Association of Central Florida. And literally the day Riley was born, the CEO of the company came to our hotel room and gave us a welcome basket Mm. and a folder. So I do know at least for Down Syndrome, um, they are told about those programs in the hospital, at least in our area. I cannot speak to other parts of the country, but we were, we were so very blessed to live where we are because there's so many programs and so much education and so many, like so many just helpful people around that will help you get what you need. And so I, I would like to think that, yes, like they do have that available to them and like they, they have, uh, there's the down syndrome walk every year in October. And that's where they raise the majority of their money 
to help families that need that help to pay for medical bills, to pay for therapy, to do the music therapies at their centers and to just give people what they need when they need it. So that's amazing. I have three quick questions because I know everybody's tired. One, (laughs) what is your prayer and hope for Riley? Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Okay. My prayer and hope for Riley It's just that he gets the most out of life that God intends for him. And if that's for him to live with us when he's an adult, then that's what it is. If that's for him to live independently when he's an adult, then that's what it is. But just for him to get the most out of life and for people not to be stupid. So (laughs) what does that mean? How How do people not be stupid? I don't, I don't know, but I just, I don't want his sweet little heart to ever get broken. He's just got such a pure spirit and I'll probably end up going to jail for the person that does break his little heart. Just fair warning to the whole world. For well, listen, we're first cousins. I've, you know, yes. call me cause I am, yeah. I got no problem breaking down the jail walls, bailing oh, you out yeah. sister. Uh, <laughs> second question is how do you take care of yourself? You've got three older kids that you homeschool. You have an mm-hmm. amazing husband who's busy and does amazing work. Mm-hmm. You have a son who ha- is, you know, differently abled and needs mm-hmm. you. How do you find time for you? Do you? Uh, I do. I do. It's not as frequent as I would like, but uh, there are there are several days throughout the month where Matt will either come down from his office upstairs or come home from work, whatever the case may be. And basically kicks me out of the house and sends me to Barnes and Noble where I get coffee and I walk up and down the aisles and I smell the books. And that is how I take care of myself. And I come home refreshed and I come home like with a sense of peace because for however many hours that evening, I did not have anyone asking me for anything. And it was lovely. (laughs) So that's the biggest thing. And, you know, there's, uh, and truthfully, just play dates, having other moms over with their kids, that is rejuvenating for me because you get to talk their struggles and it's encouraging to know I'm not the only one that go through this. My kids aren't the only ones that unroll an entire roll of toilet paper and leave it on the floor of the bathroom. So (laughs) those things. (laughs) I have to say, I have to share one story if it's okay for the podcast because it cracked me up so we came over and I I, Riley had just been born um and I think he was like five or six months old or something like that and uh, yeah it was his first Christmas yeah yeah five or six months and you and Matt were giving us a tour of the house and Mm -hmm. you went and showed us the the attic that y'all had redone Mm -hmm. and so as we were leaving I looked down and I saw Bradley and he was eating something out of a bag. And I go, Rach, is that dog food? You looked at, you looked at him and you go, eh. <laughs> you just Rach, that cracked me up. I was like, listen, she's not going to sweat the small stuff. What's a little dog food? Whatever. But it cracked me up. I was like, you know what? I don't ever, for me, it's just about perspective. Like you can get so wrapped up and, and so you're such a great mom. And like, you know, it just, it was a reminder of sometimes don't sweat the small stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. everybody's safe and happy. Keep your priorities straight. But it really, it just was like such a humanizing moment because I wasn't a mom yet or I was pregnant or I don't remember, but, um, 
wait, old. So, oh yeah, yeah. Ayla was that was yeah. her first. Yeah, that was her for Christmas yeah. being the family back in the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's right. And so mm-hmm. I was just like, yeah, okay, all right, just simmer down, chair. <laughs> just go crazy. Check it. Um, I love that. Okay, my last question for you, mm-hmm. and it's the closer for the podcast. Okay. Uh, my darling dear, is what makes you extraordinary? I don't know that there's anything that makes me extraordinary. Um, it takes, I think, okay, if I'm going to toot my own horn, it takes a lot, it it takes a lot to get me frazzled and I don't know. I just, I think I like to keep a level head on my shoulders. And I think that is what makes me extraordinary, my inability to freak out at all situations and really been like that since my oldest was born. I tried not to, you know, stress out over too much. I was never that mom. I'm like, okay, you want to go play in the mud? Go play in the mud. Are you having fun? Okay, good. Awesome. (laughs) So I, I, you know, I think that's it. And just always trying to look at the the cup half full because looking at it half empty just is too depressing. You know, you just have to see the silver lining in all the clouds and find the happy in every situation. So that's, I would say that's what makes me extraordinary. I would agree. I love you. I'm so happy to see you. Thank you for talking with me and letting me love on you because I just truly, I, um, you know, we're first cousins and it's, you know, we're very similar in age and I know we grew up together. I, you know, sleepovers and and all that kind Mm -hmm. of stuff. And it just, you know, I'm so proud of who you are and how you love and how you, um, I don't know, you just are putting light into the world and you're such a woman of faith. Like there's no fear in you. And I want to say ever, but your faith is so, so full and it's been tried and true and, and, um, been tested and you've invested, right? Like not that super, that's super cheesy tested and boasted, (laughs) but really because a diagnosis of, um, being differently abled of having down Mm -hmm. syndrome for some women can Mm -hmm. really be the end of the world. And, Thank you for being real and being vulnerable, but also being like, hey, this is not like, it's okay. Like, there's so much good. This is my little dude. He's amazing. He's cheeky. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so don't be afraid and that there are resources and other moms Mm -hmm. and, you know, whether it's Down syndrome or something else. I mean, you know, a nasty mouth. It could, you know, everything. I, um, I think that faith in God's plan and his provision, his faithfulness and um, his favor over your life, over Riley's life, over your kid's life. Like, you know, that's where we got to focus. And um, I agree. Yeah. So it's good to see you. Thanks for letting me chat you up, girl. Yeah. I'm ready to hug on you. I've missed you. I know. I've missed you too. You know, the Roma, the Roma, the Roma, not the aroma, the Rona, that beezy. Mm, she got to check herself. So uh-huh. I love you. Give the kids, tell your mom and dad I said hi. And I will. Um, thanks for taking time. I know it's late there. So, or late, late here, same time zone. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry. Happy Sunday. Enjoy your day off. And I hope that you yeah. like organize feng shui your schoolroom like mm-hmm. a little bit but just in a namaste sort of 
Kumbaya way and then Tuesday school starts and the kids are going to be amazing. So I don't know about you guys, but I thought that was absolutely awesome. In re-listening to that and editing that, I just, what an inspiration. Rach, you're amazing. You're extraordinary to the people that God's gifted you with. And what a legacy of love and of glass half full. Thank you for educating us on language and verbiage, uh, resources available being vulnerable and sharing your faith walk with us. We love you. You're incredible. I'm so grateful to your husband, to your older children who are loving their brother and for sweet Riley, who I recently saw and is a force of nature in the most beautiful way. And he, he walked to me and it made me so happy. I was like, Oh, he likes me. And then he got, he went and he was busy. He had to go on. So I hope this interview of this, Ordinary woman, do extraordinary things every single day and changing lives as she goes. You guys be good. Now, quick housekeeping. After the outro music, there's a little inside scoop on homeschooling and hybrid schooling because she does that with her three or kids and she has gone back to teaching and I don't know again how she does everything she does. But if you want a little homeschool hybrid insight, stay tuned. Also, the beginning when her mom sent in just a little love memo. It was a voice memo. If you want to do that for somebody, send me a DM or you can email me the lipstick network charity at the lipstick network.com charity at the lipstick network.com. I would love to make an entire podcast episode with those kinds of love letters to extraordinary women in your life. So till next we meet be amazing. I see you, I celebrate, and I love you. Be good. Forgot to remind you guys, please go and donate if this means a lot to you. And share it. Oh my gosh. Share this episode with someone that might need some encouragement. Be blessed. I can't believe Zachary's 10. That is blowing my flipping mind. So uh, this is our last year of all kids in elementary school. We're talking middle school next year, and I'm just not ready for that. Are you going to Are you gonna homeschool all the way through? Or are you going to – do you guys do like a hybrid? Yes, we're in – we homeschooled exclusively the past two years, but um, we just switched schools. Um Cause we were in a hybrid program for his first three years. And then we did exclusively homeschool for two years. And then this year we switched schools. So they're taking an extracurricular class once a week. And then Bradley's in a kindergarten class one day a week. And then I'm hoping I'm going to be substitute teaching there this year for, you know, their classes because my mom's available to watch the kids that, you know, aren't in class. I know. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> So, and then hopefully next year I'll have a teaching position and then the kids will be in that school two days a week and then we'll do the homeschool the other three days a week. Wait, how will you do that if you're a teacher? They'll go to their regular, they'll go to their like age appropriate classes for those two days a week um, in the same school. And then I'll be 
teaching whatever class I'm teaching while they're in class at the same school. So you will only teach two days a week? Yes. And then the other three days a week, I would follow lesson plans that their teachers send home for me. Okay. And okay. So like, can I ask you like, because why? Like if they're out of school, you're going to be teaching at what in your, what in your opinion, I'm just Mm -hmm. educating myself because I'm not very, I don't know anything about homeschooling. Like why Mm -hmm. keep them, why not let them go five days a week at a school that you're teaching at? Um, because I like to have an ounce of control over the situation. (laughs) And I do, it does, it does give us a lot of flexibility. Sure. uh, Because it'd be like Mondays and Wednesdays would be the days they're in class. So you still get the homeschool feel, but, um, but at the same time, you still have the support of the teachers. And when they get to high school, they can pick and choose what classes they take. So like, I am not even remotely qualified to teach chemistry, but they could take a chemistry class from somebody who is qualified to teach chemistry. I don't so know. That's the I took AP Chem from uh, Mr. We don't say his name. And mm-hmm. he was not qualified to teach AP Chem. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag public schools. Um, anyway, okay. All right. All right. Okay, cool. I just, I, I had no idea, you know, I'm a little bit, I'm, I have a three-year-old, so, and a one-year-old, so I'm not there yet, but anyway. All right. Yeah. I love you. Have a good night. Get some love sleep. You. Love to everybody. Talk soon. Ciao. Bye. Bye.